Third time to charm. Okay, so uh, it's my turn to inter- introduce everyone. So I'm Jeff. And I'm Aaron. And this is The Final Word with Jeff and Aaron. Um, today's episode is going to be about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, which is not at all true. It's about SAT questions. Not near and dear to my heart either. Yeah, basically standardized tests I hate in general. standardized tests. They're so terrible. I'm, um, I'm so bad at standardized tests. I remember Jared once said... Jared was my old roommate and our mutual friend. Yes. Um, there's no such thing as a, a bad test taker. You're just stupid. I got really mad at him. Yeah, I can like, agree with you. That. I'm a smart guy and I hate tests. Yeah, tests. Especially standardized tests. Well, another problem is... A te- I don't know if you're listening, Jared, but you're a good guy. <laughs> um, really, the problem with a lot of tests is... Uh, if they're not designed to test the right thing, then they can just show poor results in general. Well, sometimes tests do a better job at testing, and this is going to kind of sound weird, testing testing knowledge your, versus intelligence. Oh, I thought you were going to say testing your ability to test. I mean, that's true. But yeah, like either testing your ability to test or, um, so like certain things, uh, um, like especially like the English parts of like the SET or the GRE or whatnot, uh-huh. it's about how many words can you memorize? Yeah, in some senses. You know, sometimes you will get a word where you can kind of derive the meaning from it. Yeah. But so much of it is, here is a flashcard of all the potential SAT or GRE words. Remember what the definition is. Yeah, it's basically like, here's a list of smart people words. Know right. what they are and how to use them yes. and how they weirdly associate with each other. And which actually is somewhat fitting for, you know, our final word podcast. Yeah, not terrible. Um, we should do a, we should see if we can get a list of like every single GRE word and just read that for a podcast. Oh. Just every word, just read it. You guess Better, what the... The meaning is? Yeah. We could turn that into a game show. Um, yeah. I was thinking we could literally just grab a dictionary and read all of the words in the dictionary. That sounds like a similar idea. It wouldn't take very long at all. No, not at all. Anyways, so to that that the little bit of back and forth just to orient you on, on our uh, discussion today about standardized tests and SAT questions. Um, obviously... Based on that little bit of exchange, you can kind of guess that we both don't really like standardized tests uh, in general. Um, but so, they did so do pretty well in the GRE, though. I mean, you do the fact that most of the like prep test uh, like courses you take are all about here's how the test works, yeah. and here's how you can kind of use yeah, the game format the system yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it, it just shows that it's even less about knowledge. Right. Um, but what I was gonna, my original first question for this was gonna be, what do you think of standardized tests? And we that one kind has, of kind of got there. Yeah, basically been answered. The next question, the second question, is whether or not standardized tests are should exist, um, and what's the alternative if they don't? I know that's. It's a tough one because I I understand the need for standardized tests. Uh-huh. Um, I understand the need to have a system to I don't know what the right word. We almost like filter people or sort people. No, or, it's totally what it is. It's you know if you're a college and you're looking at applicants, it's a lot easier to say, okay, I'm only going to look at the applicants that have a score of 1,800 or more. Right. And that way you can parse out you know 90% of your applicants. Right. And so it's kind of like you get, all right, I'm going to weed everybody out that's below this score, and then above this, all right, I'll look into what does their essay say or yeah. you know other activities or whatever you want to call it, but. Yeah. The problem is I feel 
I, I mean, one of the things you said earlier is that standardized tests don't actually do a good job of evaluating the test taker. Right, exactly. And that's... And I don't know what a better solution would be. I feel like there's got to be a better way to make a test that tests somebody's intelligence or knowledge versus just their ability to take a test. So I've got um, a, a bit of a black mirror type solution here. Um, so Sarah's test came about because you basically... Black Mirror, by the way, is a show on Netflix about the... Uh, the perils of technology. Perils like, of technology and just like what happens if you take social structures and blow them up to extremes. It's a good show, but it is uh, not exactly a fun show. No, you don't me. leave you don't leave that show feeling like, oh, that was good. Yeah. You leave that show feeling like, oh, I feel dirty and this is terrible. Yeah, like society is going to hell and we're all going to die and I'm going to need to like, I need to go away for a while. What's interesting is I've actually never seen a single episode. Nope, take that back. I've seen one episode, the one where they're, it's like a Star Trek-esque. Oh, yeah, it's like USS this, Callister. Yeah, something like that. That was actually a mild one yeah. compared to some other ones. There are actually a couple of heartwarming episodes, which sure. is rare. Anyways, Anyways bring us off topic. Bring it, ring, wrangling us back in, rolling that, that lasso of, of, of uh God, I wish content. you could see us right now. Content Jeff, Jeff trying to make a lasso, a, a phantom lasso. Which is funny. Lasso. That lasso was meant to get us back on topic, but it just bring us onto the topic of lassos, and that's true. an issue. Uh, so, standardized tests. So, what I was going to say, my Black Mirror solution. Yes. So, standardized tests came about because you basically needed to figure out a way to test hundreds of thousands of people in a very short amount of time and reduce them down to a single number. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best way to do this was, well, let's just think of 50 questions that have multiple choice, and then we just looked at everyone, put A for mm-hmm. this answer, B for that, so on and so forth. Well, that was before we had this wonderful thing and horrible thing called uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Oh, God. What if, what if, while you're in high school and middle school and grade oh, school... Oh, this is terrifying. You... This uh, is so terrifying. You could conglomerate all of the data that the child has made, oh. you know, homework scores, essay questions... Oh, I don't like it. ...participation and things, and you just put that in a giant machine learning oh, thing... Oh, I don't like it at all. ...that then spits out a number that says, oh, little Jimmy, he's a number four. And that's how you do it. That's how you get rid of standardized tests. You reduce it down to a horrible, horrible machine learning process. The sad thing is it would probably work. It might actually even work better. It might work really well. It's just terrifying to think about that everything you've done for 18 years of your life gets boiled down to an algorithm. I mean, it already is kind of done with your SAT and ACT scores. Yeah, it is. But it would just be this, even more so. I know. I mean, and also, like, if with your just generalized GPA and whatnot, I think it's just, I mean, it kind of falls back into the, our, our privacy conversation from a couple of weeks ago of all of this information is now out there. It, well, the thing about this is it's a government-ran one, so it's perfectly... Uh, you can't get into it at no, all. No, there's no sarcasm it's a closed here system. at all. Actually, it really could be an easily closed system because it doesn't need to be public data. Only the final result needs to be public. Um, True, but it's still, I don't know. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not a bad idea per se. It's just... There's there's a it it, a it leaves a bad taste factor. in your mouth. Well, yeah. And I don't and I don't entirely know why because I look at um I mean everything we do nowadays gets sorted in some kind of algorithm. Yeah. You know, you think of when you take a photo on your phone, that in and of itself is going through some machine learning algorithm to 
you know, take the best photo it possibly, the phone can take the best photo yes, it possibly yeah, yeah, yeah. can. It takes the, the raw sensor data and tries to figure out the best way to make it look pretty. Exactly. Um, based on um, what it thinks it should be. So, I mean, it's not, I don't know, that's, it's... I think it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm less creeped out the more we talk about it, but it's Which still, is actually probably a problem, too. Right, that too. But, um, I don't know, I feel like the, the hardest part with any type of um, student ranking, and that's basically what it is. Oh, yeah. Totally. Is everybody has to be ranked on the same scale. Well, it's this is what's kind of good about this. I can't believe I'm actually now a proponent for my stupid, horrible Black Mirror idea. Um, if, if you did it this way, then you'd have not only the data at that one snapshot when you take the test, mm-hmm. but you'd have the data from all years yeah. so it'd be able to take that into account and be like well little jimmy when he was in when he was in middle school was a little shit and didn't do any any uh any of his homework and it's terrible but towards the end of his high school years he actually got his stuff together and yeah. started doing really well so i'm gonna rate him higher because of this whereas you know you have dominic who was really good in uh middle school dominic, and then that's uh like you go from Jimmy, a very common you to know, Dominic. What, to Dominic, that was a. I don't know what, what my brain decided to think. I think I was going for Damien from uh, um, the the Omen, ah. but Dominic was what came out. Anyways, so maybe he was you know in middle school he was a, a grade A student, and then in high school he you know found drugs and alcohol and just became really terrible. <laughs> and even though he yeah. you know can study for a test really well. It would show that that progression happened and right. like, ah, he's not a responsible person. Still, I want to make this very clear to everyone listening. I think this idea is terrible. And if it were ever implemented, that would probably ruin a lot of foundations in education. I mean, sadly enough, there's a lot of things that have already ruined foundations in education. I mean, it, if we move away from SAT standardized tests and just go to school testing in general, like that is a whole other can of worms where i mean basically at the end of every year throughout pre-k or k through 12 basically yeah yeah, yeah. you know you take a, you have to take a test and then your school gets ranked on how well they do and yeah and it's it, that that whole thing is a mess i mean basically for me standardized tests in general it doesn't really matter what standardized test it is yeah I don't think it is a good measurement of a person's intelligence Agreed. or knowledge. Agreed. Unfortunately, and this is a total cop-out, I don't have a better solution off the top of my head. Yeah. There's got to be one out there, and I'm sure there have been smarter people than myself, not to say that I'm not the smartest person in the world, but... Um, I'm actively face-palming right now. Yeah. Oh, God, that was terrible. But, like, speaking of the fact that you're not the smartest person in the world, (laughs) (laughs) um, another topic I wanted to switch to is uh, how did you do on your standardized test, your ACT, SAT? So when I took the SAT, I think it was actually out of 1600. Okay. If I remember. To put a little bit of perspective, the SAT, I think, has changed a few times. Um, Isn't it out of, like, 2400 I think it's out of 2400 now. And actually, the ACT is more commonly used now, which is out of, like, 10? 60 or something. I don't know. Um, I can't, re- I did not do well on the SAT. I think I got like a 1280. How many times did you take it? I only took it once because I knew I was going to a, a state school and I already did well enough to get in and I wasn't too concerned about other aspects. So I was like, oh, hey, my score is good enough. 
I do not feel like dealing with this again because I hated it so much. Yeah, I completely understand that. I almost did the same thing. Uh, I ended up having to take it twice because... Oh, there's a long story behind this one. Actually, it's not that long, but long enough that it's kind of boring. Uh, basically, when I was going to college, my dad got a um, an advisor. Not a financial advisor. Maybe they were a financial advisor. But, Something to help you. Like, yeah, yeah, basically figure out a way to maximize your ability to get into college. Right. All that kind of stuff. Um, and and affordably or affordably get the most discounts and scholarships and stuff you yeah. can get. Um, and one of the things was when I took the SAT for the first time, I got an okay score, but after talking to the advisors, like you should take it again. Cause the higher your score is, the more competitive you would be to get better discounts. And I was right. like, okay. So yeah, that stress that you had to go through, I, I went you, through twice. You didn't go to a state school, right? You went to a private school or not a <laughs> yeah. state school. I or... ended up going to a, a small Catholic private college in the middle of Montana. Yeah. And I was going, I went to Colorado state, so I wasn't nearly as concerned about yeah. getting a scholarship or whatnot because tuition was already yeah. going to be a lot less. I th- if I remember correctly, and this could be very wrong because this is like 10 years ago or more. Yeah. Uh, 2008 was when I graduated high school. So more than 10 years. Oh, yeah, graduated years. high school. Okay. Yeah, so 11 years. Um, God, I'm eight years older than you. I yeah. feel like we've gone through this so many times. It's just I'm almost every time. 30. Yeah. You are. No, uh, you can't be 38. No, I'll be 37 in August. Okay, so that's close enough. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so if I remember correctly... There was a thing called the Presidential Scholarship at Carroll College, the college I went to, mm-hmm. which was basically the, hey, be this smart so that you can actually get the price of the school at the price of the school. Oh, uh, okay. It was like, without the scholarship, it's uh, 30K a year. Right. With the scholarship, it's only 15. Right. And it's like, really, it's only 15. But... Basically, what it is, yeah. is you can come here if you're not smart. Um, you're just going to pay a lot more. Yeah. So... That was the rule. And, and if I remember correctly... The cutoff SAT score to get the presidential scholarship was 1,800. This was back in... Uh, when the, it was a, out of 2,400. Out of 2,400. Yeah. Um, and I think I got like 1,750. Oh, so and so like, I took uh, it again to get that presidential right. scholarship. And I think I, I think when I took it again, I got like 1,820. And I was yeah. like, ah, good enough. Perfect, yeah. If, if I had to do something like that, I would have totally taken it again because... Oh, it was just um, so... It was, well, it's, it's interesting. So my sister is an admissions... Counselor. She's not an admissions counselor anymore. She works in the admissions department at uh-huh. DU, University of Denver, which is a private school. And, you know, their advertised tuition is, you know, 40000 a year or something. But pretty much nobody actually pays that amount. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know if we talked about this. I feel like we had mentioned this in one of our other podcasts, sale prices on items. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, like, that's really the real price. Yes. It's just... You know, they want to make you think that... It's a bit of psychology in yeah. that case. And, and yeah. the tr- truth is also with colleges as well. Yeah. Um, well, any 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 company, really. Yeah. Though, most... If it's a good college, it's non-profit. So, their, their drive is not profit, but... Yeah. But, so, uh, did you take any, like, um, SAT prep courses? Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think I did. I think... I remember I did take the, the, the pre-SAT. Yep, I remember that too. And I remember taking that with a fever. Ooh. I remember I was sick and I had to take it for something. Like There was something important. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something I needed to take the pre-SAT for, for something. Yeah. And so 
like I I had to, if I didn't do it then I was going to have to do it again. I think also you had to pay to take the pre SAT. Something and maybe. so maybe it was like you didn't want to waste that hundred bucks. Yeah, yet and your mom it, had to spend right. And it's like if I did really bad, I'll take it again. Yeah. But what's funny is I think I did better on the pre SAT because I was sick and I just didn't care. Yeah. So it was kind of. Like, I just want to get this done with. So did you take any uh, SAT study material or anything like that? I don't remember. Okay. I know I didn't take any SAT classes. Do you remember um, when you were in high school, teachers talking about, this is what the ICT is going to be like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a okay. little bit. There was definitely that. Because uh, it's an important enough thing that people are going to talk about. And especially about. when you're meeting with, you know, the school counselor and yeah, applying for colleges yeah, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. And you're um, in uh, your senior year of high school. Right. I have always been somewhat intrigued by if I took it today and it didn't mean anything, how would oh, I do? Because there is definitely a, a psychological aspect of, I know I yes. need to do well, yes. and thus you screw up. That extra level of pressure of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, man. I performance remember, anxiety, if you will. There's So there's this feeling that I can get. Uh, okay, this is going to be a really weird tangent. Um but it's still As similar to other non-weird tangents we've had. Well, this is a, actually this one's related. So when I was in grade school, uh, we had these um, tests every once in a while mm-hmm. where it was a hundred multiplication problems, like five times oh, three. Yeah, yeah, and you just, and have it was to just like, on a grid, and you just had to do them as fast as yeah. you possibly could. And I believe you were given like a minute to do as many as you possibly could. Yeah, this was my first time I realized that the brain has this like ability to keep track of time, even though you're not actively keeping track of time. <laughs> yes, because I'd be taking the test and I'd be right my answers down, write my answers down. All of a sudden, I get this feeling in the back of my head being like, uh-oh, uh-oh, this is not going to – and then the timer would go yeah. off. Yeah. It was like you could feel that that pressure of the time yes. slowly encroaching yeah. in your brain. And I've always found time-based stuff – Yeah. I, I'm awful at it. Yeah, and it's And it's this – it's not that my – I mean, it's almost. I guess it's almost kind of like my brain doesn't work that fast. It's it's that maybe you psych yourself out of it. Right. Absolutely. That that's true. True too. But I just know that. Let's say you give me a problem, and it's a relatively easy problem. You're like you have two minutes to solve it. Yeah. You give me and and I'll be like, oh my god, head exploding. You give me a harder problem, and you say take as long as you want. Or not even mention time as a factor. Or not, yeah, exactly. Right. And not mention time as a factor. And I will probably solve that harder problem in less time than yeah. I would the easier I, problem I that has that. a time limit to I it. I can totally understand. I think uh, what you said earlier about what Jared said, you know, there's no bad test takers. That's – I cannot believe that that's true. No, um, it's not true. I mean it's scientifically not true. Yeah. There are – Test um, anxiety is a thing. Right. And, um, and I never did this in college. I should have done it. Um, at CSU, I think most college probably have something similar. A um, uh, what the hell did they call it? Um, basically, it was a um, you could get uh, help, me help out here. Okay. like te- help testing. Like, oh no, no, no. Um, yeah, totally. This is this still exists. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called, um, but basically, you can. Extra say, time. Yeah, extra time on a test or, or whatnot if you struggle with when taking I, tests. There's a name for it. I can't remember what it was. I can't was. either. But when I when I did uh, TAing for uh, grad school, mm-hmm. um, we would be given a list of students uh, and their like extra time allotment. Yeah. Because uh, I, I would be the person that kind of took control of the extra study room for people who like had a conflict and had to take a test at a separate time. Yeah. Um, and this would also include those people that needed the extra time. And th- you're right. There's a special word for it. I can't think of what it is. Yeah. And I, sh- I should have done it when I was in college because I definitely, 
could have used it. I could have used it. I mean, I did perfectly well in college, but yeah. I could have done better, especially if I had more time on tests. Well, I mean, in the end, it didn't really matter, right? Right. Well, Which maybe is, it did. Who knows? I mean, it, uh, maybe if you got a perfect score on the SAT, you'd be doing something else right now. That's, you never know. Um, uh, so, it's kind of interesting, actually, another kind of side tangent, talking about uh, you know how well you did in college and GPAs and all that uh-huh. stuff. For the most part, once you've graduated college... GPA doesn't really matter that much. Maybe for like your first job or your first internship. Again, it's basically a, a cutoff value. It's yeah. one of those things that you put on a job application if they ask for it. Yeah. That allows you to get weeded out either quicker or brought up to the pile a little bit faster. Right. But more or less doesn't matter. Except if you're a lawyer. Yeah. And this is this is absurdly true. If you are a lawyer, even if you have been out of law school for 10, 15 years, if you're applying for a new law firm... They need. They want to know what your GPA in law school was, and they want to know what your class ranking was. I wonder how uh, class um, not uh, scoring um, grading in in law school works. Because, it's insane. So when I was in grad school, like you would take a class, and if you're taking a grad school level class, the implication there is you're going to get an A. Right. Unless unless you, unless really... you do really poorly, you'll get an A, A minus, maybe a B. Right. But you're not going to get anything lower than that because. The grad school is not really about the grade nearly as much as it is about the knowledge. Right. Um, Which is awesome. Yeah. And I feel like that's how school should be in general. But again... Well, one of the things that really kind of screwed everything up is when they started tying how much funding a school gets with how many grades. Oh, yeah. That's absurd. Which Which is backwards because a school that's struggling... Should get more money. Exactly. But no, they're like, no, you don't get any money. We're going to give it to this good school that's already doing well. Yeah. now, either I'm completely misunderstanding how this system works, and my mom, who You're was not, in the system for a while, as were my parents. Uh, it, really? So then, if you are if you have a school that's producing less, worse grades, it gets less money. Yep. Why? Um, that is absurdly stupid. It's basically a. Uh, is this part of that No Child Left Behind? Yeah, it was part of No Child Left Behind, and it was um, which is basically should be renamed. The childs who are being left behind are going to be continue to be left behind. Right. It's the uh, what do they call it? The uh, you can um, the stick and the carrot. What is that? carrot and the stick? Or the carrot and the, like like we've tried the stick. Let's use the carrot now. But oh. it's basically we're just using the stick. Yeah. Right. No. Totally. So so the idea is, hey, we want to promote teachers being better. Mm-hmm. So what if we say you get more money if you're better? Right. No. It's like <laughs> if you, you you get less money if you do bad. So the incentive is. Actually, it's, it's the the incentive is if you do good, you'll get more money, which at face value, oh, that makes sense. But typically in a school, if the test scores are not good, that has nothing to do with um, the the students being bad or the teachers being bad. It usually has to do there's class sizes are too big. Either yeah, there's some or other factor. there's not the materials needed to teach. Whatever or, it is. Or happens to be that that school is in a very waspy area. Exactly. And so money makes a huge difference. Yeah. And giving money to the schools that are already good just reinforces that and reinforces the schools that are doing bad, which, and this is a whole other side tangent, tends to be on a racial level, but we can get into that in a totally different podcast. So what what I just thought about when you mentioned that as an incentive is I realized the opposite. If you basically, if you gave bad schools more money... It could create what's 
even worse where people are intentionally doing bad to get more money. Right. Because I always forget whenever you're building a system that involves people and money, always assume everyone's going to be acting as poorly as possible. Right. I mean, honestly, there shouldn't be that kind of testing at all. Really, in general. No. What it should be is schools should be given money based on, you know, their location and their size. Right. You know, completely, objectively towards everything else. Right. I mean, there's no reason. Honestly, there's no reason to test students in the way there's testing um, because it doesn't actually give any information on how the teachers are teaching or... So, on that subject... Um, taking ourselves away from the college prep tests, how many tests did you have? To, how many standardized tests did you have to take while you were in public school? The only standardized tests I ever had to take were the CAT tests, the Ooh, California Achievement Test, and they didn't matter. It was they didn't. I, I don't remember why we had to take them, but they had no effect on our um, final grade yeah. or anything. And I don't even think they affected the school at all. I mean, it's remotely possible that they use these tests as the way to get the money later on. Potentially. So. But I just, there was never pressure around it. it so it was just kind of there? Yeah, and I'm not really? sure. And, you know. It's, and so your school didn't, like, teach to it? No, not at all. It was, and we didn't, it wasn't even a every year type of thing. It was every couple of years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we, we definitely had that couple. Um, That's a completely different experience to what I had went through. Well, and I think I, when I was in primary school it was before no child left behind oh that's a very good point i so, forget, i keep forgetting that you and i are about eight years apart right we just talked about because yeah, no child left behind i believe was introduced under the bush administration yep I which would that. have started in 2000 so before that and i graduated high school in 2000 no um, child left behind 2001 yep exactly so things pretty drastically changed at that point interesting so my okay, that's so. Then your your experience with standardized tests within public schools goes like this: Hey, here are these tests. They kind of gauge your your knowledge, but they're not really there for anything. Just kind of useful to have. I think there was probably you know they were able to get some metrics out of it, and if there was a school that was struggling, it, there was probably some back end use out there. Yeah, my experience was: Here are these standardized tests. If you do not pass them, we won't get any money, and all things will be terrible. Yeah. So, and that gives the students so much pressure because it's almost like my teacher's job is in jeopardy if I don't do well. Yes. Well, and really the teacher's thinking my job is in jeopardy if these little kids won't do well. Right. And the problem with that is some kids are just not smart or some kids don't test learn well, well we, or we test well. Just right. About that. And and some kids have learning disabilities and all of that stuff and I remember I had an argument with a friend once years ago about um about school and standardized testing and he gave me this argument that you know if uh if you're not doing well as an employee in a regular job you'll get fired so why isn't it the same with teaching you know why if a teacher's not doing well they should get fired and um i remember thinking if you really want to equate it that way the teacher would be like the manager of the kids of the kids if you are at a you should be firing your students exactly <laughs> So it's like if you're a manager and an employee's doing well, you fire them. You can't fire a student. Uh, you really can't, you especially know, with PTAs. Right, exactly. So it's kind of like that that analogy completely falls flat on its face. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So I want to talk about my experience with standardized tests in public schools because I think it will be maybe illuminating to yours. Yeah. Um, so I, I took several different standardized tests. The two that I can remember is the Wassel. And the ITBS. I've heard of the WASL. So the WASL is the Washington uh, Washington Assessment of Student Learning. 
because I went to Washington. I was in Washington yeah. when I was growing up. I don't know why I heard of Wausau, or maybe I'm I don't just... know. Um, and then the other one is uh, ITBS, which is the Iowa Test of Basic Skills. Which honestly, when you say it in those words, sounds like a not very useful test. Sounds like a like a vocational like, test, almost. right? This these are the skills that Iowa thinks impo- is important. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, if we wanted to be a bit statist, you'd be like, ah, corn shucking. Um, eh, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, a useful skill. Yeah. Anyways, so what I wanted to say about these two tests is you specifically called out the fact that no one taught to the test; they were just there. You, All of mine. yeah, you so, were talked directly to the test because they had to. There, there are two basic stories I want to talk about with the Wassel. The first is, is a fun name. isn't it's kind of fun to say. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It's like here weasel, we go wassailing, right? Right. It's okay. kind, it, it kind of is like weasel, but we don't want to say weasel. Yeah. So the first test happened uh, when I was in high school. Um, not the first test, the first story. I mm-hmm. took the test like three or four times while I was in school, mm-hmm. um, and. I very specifically remember just before we were taking the test, I think it was the math section or something like Mm -hmm. that, um, we were doing a mini lesson before the test was distributed Mm -hmm. because we had time. Mm -hmm. And the teacher just started going on some random tangents and was like being very specific about certain things. The the question I remember very specifically was – she was talking about like experimental methods, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, How old were you? uh, uh, 10th grade maybe? Okay. So – 10th – yeah. I think it had been 10th grade. Okay. Um, and so she's talking about experimental methods, which she is the science teacher. So, okay, that kind of makes sense. It goes off of our curriculum that we were doing weeks before, but whatever. And she's like, so I just want to ask a question, everyone. What would be bad if you tried to use a rubber band as a ruler? And I'm like, that's a weird thing to ask. Was that a question on the test? It was exactly worded this way. Basically, the question was, um, you know, little Jimmy, I like to use little Jimmy yeah. for stupid kids, is trying to measure uh, how tall he is using a rubber band that has inch me- Why is this a bad idea? Obviously, because if you use a rubber band, it's possible that you get inaccurate your measurements. Right. She literally told us what one of the questions was and what the answer should be to it. Like, God. that's that's bad. Yeah. And I won't say the name of this teacher because I, one, don't remember. Well, um, and I, I mean, I can't blame her, quite honestly. No. I'm and, imagining what happened. So what's cool is thinking about the story. That is also a really stupid question. It's a very stupid question. Because I, quite honestly, like when, if somebody were to ask me that question, I know it's a really, you can have a very succinct answer and I am very bad at succinct answers. Uh-huh. I would go into detail like, well, you know, if you stretch it, all of a sudden your inch could be longer than an inch because it gets stretched. I mean, that's basically the answer. Right. And I would end up spending too much time answering this question and then suddenly being like, oh, wow. You've wasted all your time. Well, and that nowadays if I was asked that same question, I'd give the smartest answer, which would be, well, it could be a bad measurement unless you're very careful and or you don't really care how accurate your solution is. You just need to get a rough estimate. Right. Or, you know, you just use a bunch of rubber bands and don't stretch them. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that that was my first story I wanted to explain about the Wassel. Just because, like, I, I can't believe the brazen... So Right. This is the question and the answer. Hint, hint, not really even wink. Yeah. Just, hey, this is what it is. It, it kind of reminds me, like, if I was in a teaching position now and I was giving out the test, you know, you know... There would be that little bit of curiosity to kind of look at that first page to see what was up. Yeah. And once you read it, you'd be like, oh, they're not going to get that. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Hey, kids, I want to tell you a story. Real right. Quick. Yes. A little anecdote. It has if nothing you will. to do with what's going to. Yeah. Um, Hypothetical. The other story I wanted to mention is uh, so 2000, not 2000. Um, when I was in 10th grade, 
That was the first Probably year. 2006. Yeah, you it would have been 2006, but it could have been 2007, depending on you know which semester. Right, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, the 2006-2007 school year. Yeah, oh, now we're getting fancy. Yeah. But yeah, when I took the Wassel in 10th grade, um, it was the first year that they actually it would have been a 2005-2006. Oh my god, it does not year. matter. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Like it's, I overthink things. Continue. I'll shut up now. No, you're fine. Please, please ramble on. It, it helps keep the energy up. Um, so when I was taking the Wassel during the 10th grade, this was the first year that the math section was going to be a requirement for graduation. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in other words, before, I think the reading and the writing were requirements, but they were like, you know, pretty, pretty simple. That's crazy. This was the first time that if you didn't get above a certain points on the math Wassel, you would not be allowed to graduate. Even if you had a 4.0? I'm assuming. So you clearly can po- poke a lot of holes into the problems with this this yes. idea. Um, wow. Here's what happened. The instant that was made announced, and then we took the test, all of a sudden a lot of angry parents came around when they were told their kid wouldn't be able to graduate because they didn't pass the wassail appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it Shocking. was redacted almost immediately. That's good. That, I'm glad it went that way as opposed to the angry parents saying, why didn't you teach my kids this? No. And all of the teachers got in trouble. But basically what happened was, so my year I believe was the first, either my year was the test year for it mm-hmm. and then the next year would have been the first year or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But basically what happened was when it was when it was um, put into law or however mm-hmm. those work, um, after the test was taken, uh, everyone did so poorly on the math one because for some reason people are terrible at math. It's an um, interesting thing. Anyways. Um, well, it's because it's socially acceptable to be bad at math. Which is an interesting thing. Yeah, that's another topic we could talk about all days. Uh, anyways, um, so once once it was shown that if they kept this law, they would have to not graduate like half of the people in high school. Um, they're like, oh, we'll push them back a year. Well, because no state wants to have a low graduation rate. Yeah, no, of course not. I mean, that's the, the, the exact opposite of what a state wants to do. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know if you remember, um, what you got. So, you know how most standardized tests, the SAT, the GRE, Uh they have usually an English step section and a math section. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember how well you did on each section. No. But, um, I remember the GRE in particular. Oh yeah. You took GREs as well. Yeah. Um, I obviously never did anything with it because I haven't gone to grad school. And you took subject GREs too, right? Yeah. Those are the hard ones. Um, but, and I don't remember the subject one entirely. So I had to, so I took the general GRE. Yeah, everyone basically does if they want to do anything. And it was fascinating. So the GRE is very much split between English and math. I mean, it is. Yeah, like, yes. And, um, you know, it's two totally different time frames and everything. So I was not concerned about the math at all. The GRE math is pretty I mean, simple. I guess. I mean, it's. it's I think the better phrase is it's straightforward. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It may not be easy to do, but at least it's not going to try to you know ask you about rubber bands. Right. Exactly. And I remember I did fine on the math. I probably could have done better if I cared. Cared. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, the English was actually really interesting. I scored in like the ninety fifth percentile on English, which. For me, I consider myself more of a math person than an English person. Yeah. But I think the English side, at least with the GRE, does a better job of actually testing somebody's, 
like knowledge and intelligence because you've got your um you know your basic analogies of this uh-huh. is to this as this is to this but then when you get into the essay questions like you actually like there's critical thinking involved there yeah. and um I liked that yeah but it's also really difficult to grade an essay question on that scale yes um and I and I think it was the essay question itself was like out of five or something like that yeah i kind of remember that and i think i got it was like a i think i got a five actually either a 4.5 or a five or something and it was just it was unexpected on some level but it was also telling to me that when the question wasn't a a b c or d i did a lot better yeah that's interesting um i was gonna say I, i think reading comprehension is an easier thing to test, not because there's a right or wrong answer, but because well, I think that's it, actually why it's or not easier to test. I think that's why it's better because there is no right or wrong answer per se. Well, what I was going to say is it's you don't have to. So with the math one, a lot of it is if you wanted to test somebody's ability to do math, you don't ask them what's one plus one. Right. You ask them why does one plus one work, and then they explain the like mechanics of it basically it shows their problem solving right. skills right um because really that's all math is is just it's problem applied solving. applied problem it's, solving yeah whereas reading comprehension is a lot more um not again not straightforward but it's a lot more logical i get what you're saying i don't think logical is the right word I, but... oh, oh let me change let me change it Reading comprehension in a testing format such as read this paragraph and then explain what the paragraph was trying to tell you, mm-hmm. that works. Yes. Math questions where it's apply this formula to a question doesn't really tell much about how well you are in math. Right. It that, says, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Is yeah. Reading comprehension is a better way of gauging somebody's reading ability than math tests ability for math. Right. I would. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. So basically, reading comprehension is not just, you know okay, here's two plus five times eight. Give me yeah. what the answer is. Reading comprehension is read this paragraph and analyze it. And comprehend it. it. <laughs> right. So, and you and can, math is not what's two plus three divided by six. It's, it's problem solving, which you can't really do in a written down format. Right. It's more difficult. Like, there are certain questions, obviously, you know, the train question is a good oh, yeah. one. But in oh, general, you, you, you tend to get more... Um, uh, how do I put it? Um, this is going to kind of sound weird. So with math, there is a right or wrong answer, obviously. Yeah. You well, know? no. I, would I mean, the, on the test, there are usually a right or wrong answer. You know, if you're given, you know, I'm just going to interject and say, uh, since I'm an applied math PhD, I can tell you this. Once you get high enough in math, there's no longer right answers and it's terrifying. Yeah. Well, that's all. That's, that's what makes it fun to me. But, you know, when you're measuring, you've got, you know, Two plus two times five over whatever. And we're horribly simplifying what these questions right. are. It's yeah. like there is a right or wrong answer. The problem with that is, though, is you may, and this actually happened to me in college once. Um, it was a, my freshman year was a thermo, thermodynamics test, and it was one of those, you know, 100 person lecture halls, uh-huh, and the uh-huh, teacher uh-huh. was there because he had to be, not because he wanted to be. Um, and uh, I, I was, I think, our first test, and um, went through one, one of the problems and it was, it was, um, like it was one problem separated into like four parts and the four parts were 
multiple choice. So, okay, get through part one of the problem is the answer A, B, C, or D. Get through part two, et cetera. Uh-huh. And when I first started doing the problem, I transposed two numbers. Yes. Uh-huh. Instead of like 8.59, I did 8.95. So I had every single answer wrong, even though my work was correct. Now, how was that graded? It was not graded by work. It was graded by what was your answer. See, okay. And, and, and that sucks. Okay. The next podcast I am control of, I'm going to choose the topic of why math is so horribly mishandled in education systems. Yeah. Um, because... Whenever somebody says, I don't know why I have to show my work for this simple problem, it's because if you the, get the answer wrong, it helps you get these things called partial credit points. Right. Well, and that, and that's what pissed me off is the teacher, it wasn't, there wasn't actually an ABC, like there was, it wasn't multiple choice if I remember. There was simply, okay, the answer for part one of the question is for part two, part yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. They're and, like, fill in the blanks. And when he graded it, all he had was the answer. And if your yes. part one answer was 1.3 and it should have been 1.4, you get it wrong. Yeah. Even if you did everything correct. Yes. As I did, and I remember, this was the, oh man, I I went to his office because I I got my test back and I had like a 40% or something on it because there was like two or three questions. And I'm looking at, you know, the problems and he posted the answer and I'm looking at the answer like, okay, why do I have the answer wrong even though I did everything right? And then I figured out what happened and I went in to talk to him and his answer was, well, in the real world... Bridges will fall if you do that wrong. It's like, no. And like, no, in the real world, somebody will check my work. Well, also <laughs> not no, but in the real world, you know, if you do that kind of... Really, in the real world, if you did something like that, it would never have gotten to the build stage. Exactly. Exactly. It would have been, hey, you you transposed that number. Especially in, in this day where if you did that, the computer would be like, no, that's not what the answer yeah. is. Or, you know, you have the Mars mission that, you know, was measured in... Uh, feet instead of metric. Actually, yeah, there's a very good example that your teacher might be correct. Yeah, in the real world, yeah. yeah. So I I think, um, I think that's going to wrap up our conversation about test taking. I think, yeah, I think to sum it up, standardized tests suck, and there's got to be a better way. And I don't think your black mirror ways. You you don't want to be just absorbing all of your child's information into one horrible AI program that spits out a single number. It's terrifying. Little Johnny, little Johnny is a But sick. so doable. That's the scary part. Oh, it would work? You could even put like their finger painting stuff in there and be like, how creative, creative right, is this it's person? Totally, oh, terrifying. Actually, it's been probably been collected this entire time too. Who knows? They might even have the data already for it. For um, all we know, other countries are doing something like this. Maybe. I could see Japan. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that'll wrap this up. Yeah. I think sometime in the future, I'm going to set up a um, discussion purely about why math in our country and maybe even the world is is so negatively looked upon. Absolutely. Because it's such an interesting problem and as a mathematician mm-hmm. frustrates the hell out of well, me. Well, you know, and as an engineer and a computer guy, like I love math. I yeah. absolutely love math. I, mean, I miss doing math, but I can't tell you how many people I know like, oh, I'm not a math person. Well, and, the, the, and it's like, I don't, it's not that you're not a math person, it's that you were never taught properly. Yes, that's definitely the case. Like, math is amazing. But, yeah. anyways. anyways. Yeah, I was just just my last statement on the math thing is anytime I've I've heard somebody proudly exclaim that they are bad at math, why confuses you, me. Yeah, why, like, are you why, proud, are you, why are you proud about that? Why would would you go out and say I am illiterate? Yes, yes exactly. Like, no, no, you wouldn't. Anyways, okay, so let's wrap us up. What's our final word, Aaron? Okay, I think I'm going to pronounce it right. D 
do you have the the sound clip? Can we sound clip it? Um, can I? I think I can sound clip it. Uh, sorry, we're doing a little bit of technical things. He's messing around with his computer. Is he going to get a sound clip for it? Um, no, oh, my goodness, the tension is building. Aspergillum. Ooh, aspergillum or oh. aspergillum. Is it a biological component? No. Oh, I was thinking like phalanges. Which is not a real thing either. Phalanges? No, that was a made-up word by Phoebe and Friends. What's the thing that's like um, a, a tail on a cell? There's a, there's a word for that. Oh, there is a word for that. I think it's phalanges. Is it? Anyways, aspergillum. Aspergillum. Um, it's clearly the... It's clearly what happens to Gilligan from Gilligan's Isle. No, you're right. The the phalanges. Yes, I was right about that. Oh, there's the those are the the bones and the hands and feet of most vertebrates. Anyways, okay, um, okay. So say the word again, because I was making a really good <laughs> Gilligan's Island joke, and you interrupted me. Aspergillum. Yes. So it's Gilligan's reaction. You know, Gilligan from mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island. It's his reaction when he has aspartame. He I hates like it, that. by the way. I like that answer. It's not right, but I like that answer. Does it have to do anything with artificial sugarners? Nope. Or castaways? Nope. Okay. What is aspergillum? An implement used for sprinkling holy water in religious ceremonies. I would have never gotten that. Exactly. Now, what's amusing is my previous question for you was Haruspex. Oh, right. Which was a religious official in ancient Rome. It was kind of like... You need to stop choosing them religious I know. Yeah, anyways, I just... It was a fun-sounding word. Well, if you guys stuck around this long, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll try to post another one next week. I'm going to be on vacation, so there's a possibility that we might have to skip next week. So we'll see. Uh, But if not, we'll see you then. All right. Until next time, this is The Final Word with Aaron. And Jeff. (laughs) Bookends.